0: This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together, we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hi, it's Marty from the Accelerator team, and I'm here again with Jack this week. Hi, Jack. Hello, you're How right? you are How you
1: doing?
0: Yeah, good. Good. Um, this week, chat we're talking about business structures.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're specifically gonna go through the three main types of structure. Talk about some of the loose pros and cons, who might use them when you might not use them. And then also we're gonna go through a bunch of things which are not structure specific things that everyone needs to do. Because I think sometimes people think, well, only companies have to do certain things. But there's actually a lot of things that are common across the board, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good practice out there. And I mean, also we get a lot of queries around about setting up new businesses, what structure should I do? Yeah, And there's not always a clear-cut answer, really. It kind no, of no, there's, the there's, there's not a single answer, is there? No, exactly, we never the, say, you've got to set up a company.
0: Yeah, and I think on the extremes, there are definite times when you absolutely should be one and not the other, not, you know, and the same, the same goes for the opposite end. But mm-hmm. the majority of businesses could probably get away with any of these. But, you know, that's why it's not a simple question, is it? Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's so, what we love, we love to live in the ambiguity of it all.
0: Absolutely. Keep it as ambiguous as possible. <laughs> Never have to give an opinion. Yeah. Um, let's just go through it right. So the three main structures we're going to talk about are sole trade, self-employed, um, the next one is partnership, and then company being the third one. Yeah. So should yep. we start with sole trade? I've pulled together a very loose. Um, I mean, I
1: have to say that it was incredible that you pulled together the notes because that's normally me. It's normally it it. normal
0: you doing the prep, <laughs> isn't it? So pros and cons. Then so, sole trade, and I, I suppose it's worth saying first of all, this is the easiest, isn't it?
1: Definitely, it's something that you can literally start today. Very little to do in terms of getting set up. It's very much a case of almost in your own head going like, "Yep, right, okay, I'm gonna start trading. Because once you're doing
0: it, you are a sole trader. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And in HMRC's eyes, in terms of you setting up a trade, is very much in that case, when there's a pattern starts to develop. Yeah. And it's not a one-off transaction, and that's very much in the, the attitudes and reality of the situation, so. Uh,
0: yeah, if you're doing something and your, and your intention is profit, and we'll come on to that again later, I've just thought of something else to talk about. Oh,
1: um, put it down, put it in uh, It's, it's, it's on, <laughs> on the notes for later, it's
0: on the notes for later. Um, but as soon as you decide that you're gonna, you know, buy a van full of tools and start fixing people's pipes, Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. selling your time, your services in some way, you are you're in business. Yeah. Um, So in that regard, it's very straightforward. Um, There's also, um, as a result of one of the costs, as sorry, one of the cons, it's worth saying here that as a sole trader, you're at risk. Your your personal assets are, are basically at risk if something goes wrong. And as a result of that, they kind of don't really care what you do. You, you, there's no formal you know, ways to report your profits. I mean, there's good practice, but you, you're not obligated to share what you're up to other than with the inland revenue. Yeah. Um, and, and the basic premise is if someone's engaging with you as a sole trader, if you get something wrong, I'll sue you and I'll take all your stuff.
1: Yeah, so we refer to it as unlimited liability. Yeah. So, so potentially, yeah. Although you may have certain business assets that you hold as a sole trader, those are not those aren't the things that are limited like everything's on the line so if they if you get sued for half a million quid then you're gonna have to you'll take all your tool
0: your van everything goes and then your stuff goes as well doesn't it yeah Yeah. and that's assuming insurance hasn't stepped in but we'll cover insurance because that's something common to everyone Mm -hmm. um so you know it's easy once you start you're you are a sole trader um it's relatively low cost
1: yeah well as you said there's no necessary an obligation to um, pull together a set of accounts, for example, where you might do in, in other scenarios, It's very much a case of the actual compliance costs are limited to your personal tax return, if you want to pay someone to do that, so even yeah. then you could potentially, if you can be bothered. I've got the well, in theory.
0: Going. In theory, you could pull your own tax return together, there's no need to produce accounts for anyone, no. you might need them for the bank or something like that if you're going for borrowing, but... You can basically put your trade and profit on a tax return, submit it. Mm-hmm. HMRC reserved the right to come back and query it, of course. <laughs> so it. Yeah. you do need records, and again, we'll come onto that later. Yeah. But you don't have to involve anyone else. It's, it's strictly you and the land mm-hmm. revenue yeah. and your customers. They're, they're, they're the only parties mm-hmm. who need to be involved there, isn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, you touched on it there, but in the sense of how a lot of our clients do it is they do get those accounts because they want that additional level of comfort and evidence, and yeah. again, it's good practice
0: yeah you want to make sure you're actually declaring the right profit yeah paying the right tax, etc. Mm-hmm. so you know it, it's easy quick low-cost risk is all of your stuff is on the line the, the, the next thing that I always um, say to people is and, and, and I don't think this matters so much now for reasons we'll come on to but perception hmm if you know it's like Dave in his van there's like a perception that it oh it's a small business yeah might not be Dave might be you know you might have a team of a hundred but well, the idea is it's, ooh, Dave's a self-employed yeah. right, Okay then oh, I bet and he the, does
1: cash in hand
0: and There is an element of that isn't there? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah Oh well if I'm getting him to do my own extension for me is he going to come back and fix it when something goes wrong?
0: It's going to disappear Yeah mm-hmm. So and so sometimes mm-hmm. um, you know I've heard people in the past say when well, I'm putting a tender in I better I better get a company because I need to I need to look established mm-hmm. and again I'm not sure that really matters so much now I think it's it. Uh, I think it's definitely easy for someone to set up a self-employed business, be a sole trader and, and give the perception that they're actually really big and established because mm-hmm. it's how you act I think gives you that perception. Yeah, and we've talked about it off there but like the, the
1: technology that's available at a low cost for, for sole traders makes you look a hell of a lot more professional than you actually
0: might be <laughs> in reality. Yeah, <laughs> so, so you have a good looking website, you can have professional systems for giving quotes and invoicing, chasing payments. All, all of these things, your social media can be really good now, mm-hmm. gone are the days I think where to to have that big firm feel you needed a whole team of different people doing that. You can yeah. buy these services in quite cheap now,
1: Yeah, outsource you know, it use will. virtual
0: assistants, peers, whatever you want to call it, but these things can all be done to make a very tiny business look really good, can't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just had a plumber in the other day and he pulled together a quote and again it was very much automated systems, right, okay right, I've had a look around, bang, here's the quote, email straight over, you can press it, bang, turns into an invoice. Yeah. it's Yeah, really, really clever.
0: So you can look far more established and mm-hmm. professional than often but some very big businesses can.
1: Yeah, because yeah. historically, that, if that, for that to work, they would have had to get back on their van, either got their laptop out, did it all the hard way, or had a person that they employed just to ring it, and ring them up and kind of talk them through it, and it certainly wouldn't be that quick. Yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can walk out of the door and press a button, and then it'll be straight into my inbox.
0: Yeah. So I think I think that small perception is, is kind of gone now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So let's. And, and of course, one of the ultimate pros, I suppose, is um, you're the decision maker. There's just yeah. you. Um. You haven't got any business partners. There's no one else you need mm-hmm. to bounce stuff off. Yeah. I so suppose. Can,
1: so yeah, that, that I suppose You've that's flexible a flexible
0: and dynamic, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You you have the, you're the ultimate arbiter of what happens. You are the you are the go-to person, the the, the book stops with you, you have autonomy to do what you like. Yeah. Which, you know, is, is very beneficial for a lot of people. I think probably on the other side of it you may think that not having that sounding board isn't the best thing in the world. But Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah well well the con is it is all you. So yeah. the pro is it's all you. Con, yeah. it's all you. It's all you it's all on you. <laughs> it's just how you see it, isn't it? Yeah. Um I suppose the next step then for a lot of people is partnership. So let's say you've started, you're expanding, you want someone else to come in with you. So this is different to employing someone. This is it was now two people in business together. And it might be two, you know, not otherwise connected people. It might be a husband and wife, it could be siblings, doesn't matter, parents, mm-hmm. you know, Jack and son or whatever. It could be anything. Um, so let's, you know, let's go through that. We're, I don't think we should cover LLPs too much. It's a type of partnership that steps a little bit between company and partnership. Yeah. So it's got a bit of, I suppose, corporate type regulatory stuff to it, but it doesn't crop up that often. And we wouldn't cover that separate if we need to down the line. Yeah. So we're just talking about normal partnerships here. And again, I suppose they're pretty easy. As soon as me and you decide we're gonna do it, mm-hmm. We're in. We're not partnership, aren't we?
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think a, a big misconception about that is that you have to kind of register it, like you would a company or something, and have, everyone have to let HMRC know that you're in partnership together. But yeah. in reality, it, the first time they'll find out about it is when you submit your partnership tax return. Yeah. So it's it's very easy, very quick. Um, you to,
0: do, you're doing this through the register. Yeah. But, but yeah, but you just say me and Jack are in partnership and we're mm-hmm. selling windows. And you know, as opposed to being
1: a formal application, if you were setting up a company, for
0: yeah, company. you're not requesting it; you're notifying, rather than yeah. you know, doing do, do any leave, You would do with
1: a sole trader, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. Kind
1: of. mm-hmm.
0: So it it again, it's relatively straightforward. Um, and I suppose the you know some of the pros here are it's quite easy. If me and you then say, well, how are we going to split the money, we can quite easily just agree mm-hmm. that between ourselves. We yeah. have again, we haven't got to necessarily tell anyone.
1: Probably yeah, a good idea
0: to have something in writing, though, which people often overlook.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, there is certain protections that are naturally brought in when a partnership is set up. However, there aren't the specifics in terms of, like, that's all very much up in the air in terms of it will, I think it even makes reference to the fact that it will, you would refer back to the partnership agreement for profit shares, although So, although yeah. HMRC and when you set up a partnership, offers a certain amount of guidance in terms of what the rules are. Like, that still requires your input on this, particularly the profit share stuff and yeah, yeah. capital accounts. Because.
0: Who's going to put the money in? Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, the, the accounts themselves don't really need anything different to a sole trade, mm-hmm. other than we need to divvy up the profit and divvy yeah. up who's put money in to start it, who, you know, who's, and who's provided the working capital, those types of things. And what counts as being
1: put in as capital against it? against an expense for example so we certainly had disputes around that in the past in terms of well I thought I was putting that in for capital purposes and I know that was to cover those costs or reimburse for these costs so um, when you say yeah. we, you
0: don't mean literally, we, we haven't yeah, got a window this this Is this. is when
1: we're going <laughs> to <a, laughs> air our dated laundry. the
0: royal way, yeah, week. yeah we, we've seen this yeah. many times with people, and, and, and what's interesting is, so, so there is, um, I can't remember the, the, the time of the act, I was saying the Partnership Act 1850 or something nuts, mm-hmm. basically sets out the key parameters, but most people want something a bit more flexible than that, because all, yeah. all that original act will say is like, and this is one of the okay. risks by the way, if you lose us a load of money, I'm gonna take your house, but I'm gonna take Marty's house as well. Yeah. And that's one of the risks, isn't it? it Definitely, yeah. Um, so when you're a sole trader, it's all you. When it's all you, here mm-hmm. it's it's just us. Yeah. Oh, but it's us, that's interesting. We can lose each other stuff, yeah, can't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, uh, I mean, it, it, it depends how you're looking at it, as you said. It's very much that tone of, it's us, but then it's also, yeah, us, and putting that extra party in, can add a hell of a lot more complications
0: yeah and you've really got to be a hundred percent sure and I think people quite often go into partnership quite easily and freely mm-hmm. which is good I'm all for people you know jumping in two feet sometimes but I don't think they quite realize that if they pick the wrong run mate they lose yeah. their stuff and
1: it's quite hard it's not hard but it can be hard to unpick a partnership and Merge I suppose and go off yeah. and do separate things because
0: it's what's interesting as well is I think um, I think it's reasonable to say that most of the disputes we have with clients who are in disagreement with each other I think that happens more in partnerships than it does in limited companies I don't know mm-hmm. why so that's okay. just anecdotal but I know certainly a lot of the professional partnerships doctors partnerships GP partners. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they tend to have a bit more dispute about sharing out the profit Probably because yeah. they haven't got a solid partnership agreement that stipulates what you're meant to do and why you're meant to do it.
1: I think it's the fact that it's so close to you personally, because although you're a, essentially a partnership as two sole tra- traders combined, so it's actually you more personally on the line for a yeah. lot of stuff. Whilst the company is, there's less less of that risk risk directly attached to you because you've got that additional separation.
0: Yeah which we'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to jump No, that's head. all right. Um, I, th- I think one thing that's worth saying for sole trade and partnerships is you're taxed on your profit share or for a sole trade, your profit, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you spend it. Yes. And again, a lot of people get confused by this. Go, well done, Jack, you made 100 grand this year. You go, but I only drew two grand a month. Why am mm-hmm. I paying tax on the 100 grand? Yeah. And, th- and the point is here, because it's not a separate legal entity, Mm-hmm. The money once earned is yours, whether you've spent it or not.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's the flip side of the risk. Is in terms of like all the risk falls on you, but also all the rewards. So you're entitled to all of those profits. Which it's your fan- money
0: to do what you want yeah, with. Yeah, which is
1: fantastic. But yeah, if you don't, there's not that step between you actually incurring it and spending it. In terms of you're still taxed on it regardless of what you spend it on. Yeah. You. So you could be the most frugal, frugal person in the world, but you still made a hundred grand. So
0: the business which is you mm-hmm. still made the money yeah. you still have to pay the tax which yeah. means
1: yeah you're taxed at,
0: you <laughs> know, at whatever rate, rate you want yeah. whether you spent it or not which yeah. which again I think a lot of people don't get that mm-hmm. and, they, and and also I think a lot of people um, you know I've seen people send through their figures to us and they kind of go oh and my wages are two grand a month if you're a self employed person you're not employee yeah. so you haven't got a wage it's not mm-hmm. wages yeah and, and you know we've seen that crop up that, that terminology disconnect I think is quite often there. yeah
1: and similarly on the flip side is it they've spent money on stuff that they thought were business expenses when they're not So they're like, ah, but <laughs> yeah but I I operate out of my house so surely my mortgage can so again so they've I got no happen.
0: money but yeah. they've still got a profit yeah yeah yeah
1: and it's just like but yeah but I, I, I operate out of my house so surely the mortgage will cover and all of the bills and everything yeah and, so,
0: yeah, know, so you know, then 90% of that's personal, it's got nothing to do with the business. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when they look at their capital account, and they go, but why am I overdrawn? Because it's like, well, because all of the stuff you thought were qualifying business expenses are actually where you're drawing money out of that the is, business. That, that is your
0: drawing, yeah. 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 And you've got to pay a tax, it. Yeah,
1: sorry. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> so so the next thing then, then is company. Yep. So limited company, this is set up at company's house. It's got to be registered. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the primary thing that companies used to be for, really, was about that um, risk protection, mm-hmm. the limited liability. Yes, um, I think a lot of people now just see companies as a way to possibly save tax. But if we can start just with the risk, first of all, mm-hmm. the, I suppose the main trade-off here is you have to provide publicly a lot of information to allow your customers or your lender to make a decision based on a set an agreed format of publicly available data. Yeah. And and, and that's, there's a trade-off there with your privacy and that liability protection, isn't there? Yeah, it? as you
1: said, like the in a sole trader scenario and even to extent with a partnership, you, it's it's a couple of numbers which are yeah. not publicly available when yeah. you
0: disclose them. It's up to you to persuade a lender to loan you money. Yeah. But, but if, if you're buying something, they kind of go, well, I know if you don't pay, I can take your stuff. Yeah they know that with a company they can't get your stuff unless there's the, the something unusual happens so, so they have to have an agreed format of information in a prescribed method don't they hence why we've got yeah
1: those a set of accounts that has a balance sheet and a profit and loss
0: has to be drawn in a certain way mm-hmm. and, and, and I suppose that then with that in mind that opens up most of the other stuff it's not as easy it can still be done quite quickly you can set a company up in a couple of days that's mm-hmm. no problem but it costs a bit more yeah. because you've got to have your accounts formatted in a certain prescribed way. I've said that many times now. I won't say it anymore. <laughs> um, but I like how you're being vague as well in terms of a certain prescribed way. Cause well as a non- accountant, I couldn't tell you <laughs> <laughs> but but but, what I, but you know the, the the key point here is this is where then it's unusual for someone to pr- produce their own company accounts because they quite simply don't know most of these rules
1: no yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's complicated, and even on, on, on company House, which gives you the, the chance to put them in, there's still a chance that people, like, there's still a chance that HMRC will come back and look at some of these numbers as well, because, you know, it, it is complicated, yeah. and I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably, anecd- there's evidence out there to suggest that people that submit their own accounts are probably going to be under more scrutiny.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think anecdotally, you know, we, we, we picked up years ago at a Chartered Institute of Tax somewhere there was someone there from either HMRC or I can't remember now, but basically they kind of said, you know, we do look more closely at people who haven't got professional help
1: mm-hmm.
0: because we, you can just know that they will be making more mistakes. Yeah. And I think a company that hasn't been signed off for, by someone will just, doesn't mean that they're wrong, but if you are going to spend time only investigating where you thought something was wrong, yeah, you would start there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's Other not just it. us trying to scare you into getting Robson Laidler, I always say get some help, you know, I'm, yeah, cause I, I'm, v- I'm not where you get it from. But
1: the benefit of using an accountant is that they do provide a certain level of assurance to those numbers, they, they sign yeah. an accountant's report which doesn't say that the figures are absolutely correct, but it's saying that they are at unlikely, least looked at. unlikely, materially incorrect. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, they're thereabouts,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so that all obviously comes at a cost. Um, there's also the downside of you have to report uh, but not not just the accounts have to be formatted in a certain way but also things like on your letterhead your business card your website you have to let everyone know that you're operating as a limited company yeah again that's part of the trade-off well you've got limited liability but only if you've told everyone Mm -hmm. because if you haven't the personal liability can still fall to the director
1: Yeah, and yeah, there are still scenarios where the where the director is on the hook for stuff, and even even directors at companies' house, but people that act as directors or say that they're directors can also also then can put the business in a certain position. Like they can, you may not be a director at company's house, but if you then go and sign a contract in the in your guise as a director, yeah, then that contract is still legally binding. So stuff like that, people may not be fully aware of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's, it's interesting, people kind of go, oh, we'll make them a director, but well, you can then carry out actions on behalf of the company. It's reasonable for someone to assume you can do those things. Yeah. So again, just like we said, partnership agreement, shareholders agreement, um, and I I I think in a company more than anywhere else, there's a separation, and I normally say to people, there's three different capacities that you can engage as a company, the shareholders, and this is the first time where the shareholders, the owners of the business, may not necessarily be the people who work in the business. Yeah. Because you could be a shareholder in a company and not even know where the office is. Mm-hmm. And you're not carrying out any day-to-day activities. Well you Whereas, may not
1: even realise you're a shareholder in that business at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd hope that you would know if you had a share, but I, I know what you mean. Um but certainly with a sole trade and a partnership, you, you wouldn't normally be one of those unless you're involved in some way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, with a company, you've got the directors who, who are ultimately responsible for the actions of the business, aren't they? Yeah. The, the shareholders wouldn't normally get sued and mm-hmm. lose all of their stuff. They would lose mm-hmm. their value of the shares, but they wouldn't normally lose their stuff unless they're also involved in some way as in running the business as yeah. a director.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, of course, you've got employees, which... Directors are versions of employees; that are taxed as employees, and I think it gets confused for companies because, if it, in a small business, one person might be all three yeah. of these things: be made own all of the shares, be the only director, and also the only one who does any work yeah, in a one-person business. So I've had lots government. of
1: conversations with clients before, and they're like, "Oh well, such and such is a director, so can't they take dividends?" It's just like,
0: yeah. "No, no, no, no they'd have to be a shareholder." Yeah, they need yeah. to be a shareholder, and it's like, and, the person you're referring Then they to, go, oh, i get you. Can you yeah. make them a director then? You're like, yeah. well, I can, but that's not gonna give them any. It's yeah. like, even when you explain it, it still doesn't oh, and land. And then it's it? a
1: case of, um, well, can I give them some shares? And it's just like, yeah, but that's not straightforward. That's not just a paper exercise. There's, yeah. there's a lot more at play the,
0: there. The, the, you actually do you know, legal documentation required to do yeah. these things. Valuations yeah,
1: valuations and stuff like yeah,
0: this. Isn't yeah. How this? much are the shares worth? Is there a tax mm-hmm. liability? It's quite quite complex. Mm-hmm. Um, It's worth also saying here I suppose that with a sole trade and a partnership it doesn't really matter how big you are, you can still largely report your own figures but for companies again because of this trade-off there is a point at which you then need a formal audit isn't there? Yeah. And we've um, got a pretty good episode on when you need an audit from Liam I think it was or Joe, one of the lads I can't remember. that is basically where you are getting someone else in to then go through and kind of certify that they have been looked at, and the auditor has taken on some of the yeah, risk, then, isn't
1: it? It's at a, a higher level of assurance that they're offering, so they're going to be testing stuff a little bit more. There's going to be a lot more scrutiny on your numbers, and they're going to be reporting back on, again, material errors, like errors that would fundamentally affect a, a person's decision looking at those accounts. So, an investor, if the numbers were so like the they have to establish the level where the numbers are so wrong that they go, oh God, I wouldn't invest in this business.
0: Yeah, because the audit level will give a statement of, as to whether it, the business can be treated as a gold concern or not, don't they?
1: Yep, so that's, yeah, so that's another side of it. Yeah, they offer an opinion on that as well. So, yeah. But yeah, so, and that's not necessarily the case of a sole trading partnership. You wouldn't have to go through that process, but again, in order to have that, enjoy that limited liability, then there are going to be additional checks that they actually yeah. on because... again,
0: that's additional cost, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's got to be someone independent. You can't mm-hmm. audit your own figures. No, you can't. You can't mark your own homework.
1: Unfortunately not, no. Which
0: again, people don't like that. <laughs> like, oh, why can't I just say that I'm honourable? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm yeah, a, I'm a, a standard bloke.
0: It's not as simple as that, <laughs> is it? So so you normally know, we talking we've mentioned higher costs, we've mentioned audits. Um, Probably worth saying, at the moment, I think there was a consultation that ended recently as well that said, I can't remember who it was, but someone had suggested that all limited companies should have to submit what's called a full profit and loss. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, smaller businesses can still only present certain information to companies house, it doesn't tell them everything. Um, to the point where I kind of almost say to people, well, there's nothing there that anyone can really use to do anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a consultation that, to suggest that if you're a company, you should produce everything. So if you really are a super private person, you might just not want to go down that road if you if, yeah. that, if that's going to worry you.
1: No, exactly. And yeah, uh, you know, all of your stakeholders are going to look at your numbers then. So your employees, for example, can go on and see how much profit they're making.
0: Yeah. Which they wouldn't be able to do as a sole trade or a partnership. No, they wouldn't. There, there's no information mm-hmm. publicly available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, then. Um, we mentioned as a as a con for sole trades and partnerships the fact that you pay tax on profit. Is it worth just touching on how it works slightly differently with companies?
1: Yeah, so the, the company itself will be subject to corporation tax, and that obviously used to be a big benefit for setting up a, a, a limited company because you would... When the, when the corporation tax rates were at of 19% meant that you were generally better off in terms of if you were comparing trade for trade, yeah. like a sole trade and a partnership against a limited company, you'd be getting taxed less. Um, however, you also then, then you get taxed again in a limited company when you want to draw money out, which obviously has a benefit, because if you don't get taxed on anything you don't need, yeah. as opposed to, unlike a sole trader or a partnership. So where, so we
0: give a similar example, the 100 grand profit on the sole trade, you pay tax on 100 grand, whether yeah. you've spent it or not. The company would still pay tax on the 100 grand but at the first bite at a lower rate. Yes. And then the person will only pay if they're a shareholder and they've had a dividend or a director or an employee who's had a salary. Mm-hmm. But you can control how much of that you take which allows you to roll up money within the company at a lower rate effectively. Essentially, yeah. As long as it's in there. You mm-hmm. will still pay the tax when you get it out, but if, you're, if you want to save up as a business to buy a factory or something, you can save up quicker as a company because you only pay the company tax, not the full tax.
1: Yeah, right. On okay. any money
0: you leave in the business. Exactly. Um,
1: but I mean, saying that in terms of the company tax now with potentially corporation tax rates going up to 25%,
0: a, a lot of that tax has been, like, yeah. the savings being chipped away.
1: Yeah, that chunk's, yeah, become bigger and bigger and slightly bigger than potentially having a small sole trader. But, yeah. again, it's more nuanced than that.
0: I suppose the final, not the final thing, but one, one pro as a sole trade or a partnership, which, which we didn't mention, actually, is what happens if you make a loss. So as a sole trader, if you, if, let's say you're starting in business and you've got a day job and you make money already and you give it a go and you lose money in your first year, a lot of setup costs, you, you might lose money while you're building your trade. A sole trader in a partnership can actually offset that profit, not only against the future profits, but instead they can offset that against other income if they wanted. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned this to someone last week, they were blown away, they are like, I didn't realise you could do that. I have got the impression that they'd been in that position and mm-hmm. they didn't know they could have done that. So you know you might lose 20 grand if you've got a 100 grand day job, you can knock that like, 20 grand off the 100, mm-hmm. you get eight grand back from the Inland Revenue, yeah, which is pretty handy if you've just lost 20 grand.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: It, it's, it's worth having.
1: Whilst comparing that to a limited company where if you make a loss, you can only pass that loss on to another one of your businesses if it was in a limited company. If it was part of a group,
0: which is quite complex, you know, yeah. so most and people again, in, planning and most people site. start and have mm-hmm. one company in there. They, they don't mm-hmm. have any obvious way to do it.
1: And then another example I've done before is that the company's fundamentally changed what it does. So it may be that somebody has a limited company as a vehicle for one trade.
0: Let's say then, our window business. Yeah. we lose a lot of money. We go into another area of business. Yeah, you can't carry that because. That, even though it's that in the trade same, is deemed to have ceased, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so even though it's in the same limited company, it's a different trade and you can't carry those losses yeah. forward.
0: So it's it's less flexible, I would say, the use of losses within companies. Yeah. Which again, I think, you know, so I always say to people, well, are you going self-employed, right, you're starting your own business. Do you think you're going to make money from day one? And depending on what kind of business it is, well, they can't always say that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's the hope, that's the aspiration, but yeah.
1: No one goes into it but, to but lose you, money. But you
0: need to have that on like you need to weigh that up as one of the options. Absolutely. So quite a common route for people to take is go self employed. Once you're making enough money and you've proven the the, mm-hmm. the the model works, you can always then go company if you need to. Yeah. And again, I don't think people realise that. What's quite hard to do and there is no real provision is to go company and then come out. It's much harder to do that because mm-hmm. um when you incorporate a business into a company, there is literally a relief called incorporation relief. There isn't at the moment a disincorporation relief. de Yeah. So if you buy a load of gear, tools and equipment and you know, property mm-hmm. within a company, there isn't an easy way to get them out and say, I've decided I just want to be a sole trade.
1: In fact, I'm pretty sure with, because there is a thing called terminal loss relief, where you do close down a business where you can claim losses back
0: yeah yeah much more people. flexible for individuals yeah but so I'm pretty co- co- companies can do a terminal but only yeah. against the same trade again
1: but i'm pretty sure that there's a isn't there a limit on isn't there a time period into the setting up another business which will then disqualify that
0: yeah but we're in very, we get into very, niche very areas complex of, areas yeah
1: so, areas i feel very uncomfortable advising <laughs> about we're talking about
0: and also you made embarrass me because I'm the tax guy, I meant yeah. yeah, but yeah, so we're, we're, there, there are, with all, everything we've talked about here, there are unusual exceptions, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the, you know, the, the, broad key, the, 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 key, the key things here. Very broad. Is it worth then, because I think there's a bunch of things that a lot of people think are different, depending on the structure. So what, one thing I, I hear often is, oh, you can offset more expenses as a company. And you, you, there really aren't. There are some quirky little weird things, but mm-hmm. largely if you, you know, if we're a window company and we're a partnership, we, you know, we buy stuff to use in our trade. I don't know why I picked that up. Of course, every window company has that. We a, buy tables and equipment to use in our trade. We can mm-hmm. offset that. Yeah. It's not like where they go, oh, you can only have that table as long as you're a company.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, travel. We can claim travel through all of these. We, the cost of the goods we're selling, paying for help, the website setup all of these things are all available.
1: Even like the plant and equipment, which I think is probably a big, big area people don't realise a, as a sole trader, you can still get those capital allowance for yeah, yeah, you can still stuff.
0: claim relief really for your tools and equipment, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. There are, again, there are unusual examples. Electric cars are pretty generously taxed through limited companies. Mm-hmm probably for the next couple of years while the government's trying to encourage people to get electric cars if they're going to have a company car. But yeah. again, clearly, you know, there's not not that many things where it's fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. And, it, and also I think a lot of things are, are basically no different. Insurance, we've talked a lot about the different risk factors within the three. Get really good insurance and it shouldn't matter about your risk because mm-hmm. that will cover you if you do something stupid yeah, or, so we're or about accidentally that. blow someone's house up. Hopefully, your insurance covers you. you, yeah, so you oh, it, yeah,
1: you've got your indemnity insurance, but also thinking about kind of your key man insurance, which, even as a sole trader, you can get insurance to protect you you and your family in a time where you're incapacitated, can't work, and it'll be yeah. guaranteed against your, you know, benchmarked against um, previous profits.
0: So, yeah, we, you know, get good insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose it's always worth sitting here though. So, you know, well, why would you not just get good insurance and be a limited company and then you can never lose anything? Mm-hmm. And a simple example is let's say we are window fitters and. You're really pushing
1: the window fitters. I, and
0: I'm going to go, you, Jack, yeah, you're the weak link by the way. All and right, you yeah. then go, oh, and I've told this guy we're going to fit his boiler. Like, ah, yeah, give it a go. How hard can it be? <laughs> well, your insurance isn't going to cover you. As a window yeah. fitter, it's not going to cover you to do a gas boiler. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing it. You're not yeah. registered, you're not certified. And also, the limited liability protection won't cover you through the company because mm-hmm. you didn't do that as a director. You should not have done that. A yeah. director would know that they shouldn't have done work they're yeah. not covered to do mm-hmm. and is technically illegal anyway. Yeah, so, that, that'd be a so, you can get through all of these protection layers. If you if you just do something so stupid, you shouldn't yeah. have done it.
1: And even in that example, there's one of the rare examples where you probably see what we call the veil of incorporation lifted, and yeah. the, even though it happened in a limited company, they will still come after you. They'll your come stuff. after you
0: personally. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, fraud and, and severe negligence will mm. will lift that veil. Is the yeah. way the way the terminology is. You will not be protected if you're if you're seriously negligent or fraudulent. You'll, You'll still lose your stuff.
1: And another, another example in terms of limited companies and their, and, uh, in terms of them not necessarily being as foolproof as people hoping is that in terms of funding, people might get borrowed money through a limited company and go, oh, fantastic. That's the businesses. So if it all goes I can just let
0: that go. Mm-hmm. I've just wrote down what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So they... But if you're a brand new company with no trading history, then any funder that's Gonna give you money, and even then, there may not be that many because I've, I've dealt with them before. Uh, but even if they if they do accept you, then they're gonna likely have personal guarantees. Yeah. Because again, they're gonna be like, "I'm sorry, we're not I'm gonna like, lend
0: your company because there's nothing yeah. to get the money back against. Or, or so we or, want your personal stuff on the lane anyway." Yeah. So yeah. again,
1: it's not the case of like you can you can protect everything through through a limited company and have you know additional safeguards because you know other people have done it before and people are wise to things where they go wrong and just they're, gonna, they're gonna put safeguards in against that, so.
0: Yeah, I think, I think something that I touched on earlier that, that, that I thought about which I didn't necessarily come up with, so we just talked about losses there and how sole traders can offset their losses. I think it's all, I think it's worth bearing in mind here, people need to probably have a think initially about whether their activity is actually a trade mm-hmm. or whether it's investment because the rules, again, are fundamentally different. So property is a great example. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying, buying property, should I do that as an individual or should I do it as a company? Well, it depends what you're gonna do with it. Mm-hmm. And it depends as an answer for most tax questions, fortunately. Yeah. Um, but, but it does make a fundamental difference to, to, to making sure you're actually in business. And because the other, the other side of a trade could be investment, but also could be hobby. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I, I knit jumpers, I'm gonna sell them. What if I don't make any money? Well, are well, you knitting jumpers with a view to making a profit? Because if you're not, if it's just a hobby, you yeah. like knitting anyway, you can't then just claim the cost of all of your wool and your needles. Mm-hmm. Jack, no matter how many times you keep trying. Um, <laughs> I will eventually get through. But all, but also we see people who kind of go, oh, well, I'm a farmer. Oh, well, well what, what's your farm? Or, oh, well, I've got like three goats and a handful of chickens. But mm-hmm. are a- you selling what, eggs commercially trying to
1: make money? Well, no, I'm subsisting. It's like, you can, well, you're not, you're not a farmer farming. Yeah,
0: because you can't just put all of your costs through for something because it feels like it might be a business. It's got to be a business. Yeah. So, so again, most people are probably starting and they're thinking, well, I want to do this commercially to make money. But what you can't do is just say, oh, well, I'll say that I was just so I can put a load of expenses through.
1: Yeah. On the flip side of that, I think uh, people who try and avoid to be avoid trading is generally kind of in that Second camera second-hand cars is always a good one, isn't it?
0: I'm not trading at all. Yeah. How dare you, sir? Yeah.
1: I've just just happened to you know sell my car and buy another one.
0: I just like buying and selling cars every week. Yeah, for, for, but for I always day. planned, always planned um, to
1: keep this one forever until I sold it. Yeah, that, that was my forever car, <laughs> and then I kept it.
0: So kept yeah, it for a week and sold it. So so, so again, you know it HMRC over the years have battled many people on what they call the badges of trade mm-hmm. if it looks like you are trying to make money you should be declaring this and paying tax on mm-hmm. the profit you make you can't say no it's just speculating in 40 cars you're a car dealer you <laughs> yeah. need to be paid yeah and, so, a, so and I'm the, rented
1: a four court in a garage and I <laughs> had people. a team of people
0: <laughs> waxing the cars yeah um, so the other common thing I would say um, although sole trades are easy quick simple i I would say one thing you should have in common is your systems should all be good totally there's no excuse now, I suppose other than ignorance and and I, and I mean that as in you didn't know about these things, but mm-hmm. you know we we see sole trades very small with separate business bank accounts, really good account systems, really good c r m systems, raising great invoices, capturing the expenses really well and super efficiently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gone are the days I think where only large business have those accounts teams that can do that. Yeah, anyone can now do that, and I would say should do that.
1: Totally, yeah. Because I mean,
0: that's where the perception of big business, established, trustworthy comes from by having these things in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first started, it was there wasn't cloud-based software. It was well, it was very new. So we would just rely on yeah the larger clients having desktop versions of account software which weren't feasible for small businesses. So you'd get a yeah shoebox, just, just wasn't possible, was it? Yeah, you would get a shoebox or an Excel spreadsheet and just, or a
0: handwritten ledger. Or something. yeah, exactly. but There's no excuse now. Everyone can have good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and yeah, it's is simple, simple stuff like having a separate bank account. As you said, it's like because at the end of the day, if you are going to start, if you do need to do some manual analysis, it's much easier doing it from one set of a, one bank account as opposed to Oh, well I paid some out of this and then out of the joint account oh I didn't have some stuff on my personal credit card as yeah. well and yeah it still happens now to be fair because
0: oh yeah business need happens you know I need to pay a bill right now mm-hmm. I've only got my personal card so I'll pay but go into these things with proper planning yeah have a business bank account where all the money goes in and all the money leaves like mm-hmm. just get those basic things but even then really? you
1: can't even there is even systems around that in terms of making sure you only have one card on you because you can
0: get one of those curve cards, which is like a Oh yeah, that yeah. can pretend to be multiple cards. Yeah, so he doesn't <laughs> pretend it is. It Presents. Yeah, it's not as a fake credit getting. card. <laughs> no,
1: it's not, that's not what we're suggesting.
0: I, 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 I'm presenting as the card of Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but essentially, it's a card which it will it, you can check out and pay for, and then at a later date you can allocate that again. Su-
0: in the app, you can switch which bank account you're paying yeah. with when you tap it. Yeah.
1: So again, yeah, I mean, again there's no
0: excuse with mm-hmm. that prior thought. You can you can get yeah. these systems right, can't you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you're right, kind of, good habits, even though it's your first invoice, like, raise a sales
0: invoice. Do it properly, yeah. Do it properly. It, and that comes on to the next thing as well, so I was going to say legals, Jack. I think, again, people think, well, just because I'm a sole trader, I don't think that exempts you from having what I would call your legals, right?
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you're engaging with people in the in credit terms or you're doing anything remotely risky or complicated, you should have yeah. terms and conditions for everything you do. Yeah. It, it baffles me that gas fitters will turn up and they'll replace your boiler and they other than say about 1,400 quid, they mm-hmm. haven't set out any, like nothing, yeah. it's like well, well you know, and I, 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 I'm baffled by that, Yeah. and then they'll just send you a text and go send us 1,400 quid to this bank account and the name doesn't even match the name of the business, you yeah. think am I getting defrauded yet? Like. <laughs> Just, particularly it, you go through
1: the the like
0: the fraud process now and on online. Yeah, it's, it's like, are you sure? Yeah, are you sure? Nah, like, like, I don't Dave, know. Dave, Dave Gasketer. It's like, business name's not matching you, Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's actually an our lass's name. It's like, yeah. what? Who am I, who, who am I paying you? Who's yeah. Doing?
1: yeah. And she's like, we're not married, so she's got a different surname, but trust me, it's the right bank account. <laughs>
0: it's like, right, okay. But, yeah, so, you know, all businesses, I think, should have basic T's and C's. Yeah. you're sending a quote... Put some basic info on the quote. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's only valid for 30 days. I want a 50% deposit up front. I'll raise the invoice when the yeah. work's finished. All those basic Here's Just the scope of the work, because again, yeah. like. This is what I'm actually quoting for. Yeah. So if it's a, you know, if it's a gas boiler swap, that doesn't include, you know, radiator valves on every radiator. It yeah. doesn't include flushing the system. Or does it? Basic mm-hmm. things like that help avoid dispute, don't they?
1: Exactly, yeah. I and mean, it helps you further down the line, because you suddenly got some objective evidence of
0: what this is what we agreed (laughs) yeah when you sue someone for non-payment but this is what we agreed
1: yeah yeah and they and they haven't got evidence because yeah where that ambiguity lies is where disputes happen
0: yeah 100% and again on partnerships and, and companies the flexibility of the sole trade it's all you you know you then we then said oh it's a partnership or a company Companies could be one person as well, but let's just assume a business where there's multiple people involved. Mm-hmm. People only normally tend to fall out with other people. Yeah. So once you have multiple people in, you're significantly improving your chances of falling out with your business partners.
1: Well, um, you say that, I'm sure there are some people out there who can fall out with themselves <laughs> in <a> certain
0: scenarios. <laughs> yeah, we, we've acted for some over the years. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, get a partnership agreement or a shareholder agreement. Mm. And the problem here is all of these things sound complicated, expensive, and onerous. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more onerous than others. A shareholder agreement will cost you money. But, you know, watch the social network. What is that, the, you know, Zuckerberg and the guy who got no yeah. money. saying oh, probably wish that he'd had better legals. And, I'm, you know, not everyone's going to start up a multi-billion pound unicorn business, but... You know, you need something in place for when stuff happens. Definitely. And yeah.
1: it, it can only happen when you're getting on because you can't thrash one of these out when you're falling out of each other.
0: Once it's too late, it's too late, isn't <laughs> it? Oh, no, we always said we would share all of this, didn't we? Can you say yeah? I'm not yeah. saying that. It, no, it's too late.
1: Yeah, and it's... Uh, and I think people kind of take a lot of... Well, they, they're kind of... Almost they're insulted when you suggest it. And, like, even, like... That husband and wife kind of setting up a limited company, like oh, we don't need to do that. Like we love each other, or we're best mates. Like love
0: conquers all.
1: Yeah, and, and it, everyone feels like mm. it's a bit too corporate-y and you know heartless. But in the end of the day, until you
0: learn your best mate's lazy and does no work. you know? Yeah, I'm oh, an fitting all the windows here, Jack. What's going on? Yeah, I'm <laughs> starting right. a side business. <laughs> all right, okay, well, that's not what we said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No so
1: And it's just so important to have that stuff agreed. And again, like, so if the worst worst case happens, like, all you can at that point you can just go, right. This is how we agreed it would separate. If we both agreed that it wasn't working.
0: And I'm sure any solicitors watching would go, oh no, only solicitors should draft agreements. But Mm. any agreement that that sets certain key things is better than nothing. Exactly. So even if you're writing it yourself, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. But if you absolutely cannot pay someone to help you or you refuse to, then mm-hmm. you should at least have something. Definitely. Yeah, and yeah. Even if it just covers, well, what happens if someone leaves? Well, if you leave, I want your stuff and I'll pay you fair amount mm-hmm. of value. Like, and it, that's missing from so many businesses, it's unbelievable. And it
1: comes back to the insurance as well in terms of what happens if unfortunately one of the partners dies or is it incapacitated? What happens in that scenario? Because yeah. if it follows kind of natural probate, you could end up, like equal partners with your business partner's wife or husband, with, with, with or who you never liked, who's never yeah, who doesn't know what they're doing, who just wants to sell the
0: business. You know, yeah. I don't want to sell the business. It was yeah. going all right actually, but yeah. you can
1: get insurances again out there where basically that covers the cost of buying them out at an agreed rate.
0: Yeah, and if you get it when you're young, it doesn't cost that much money, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Do yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: just to quickly rattle through. Then I think I think a lot of people think that payroll and VAT is different. Mm-hmm. a sole trader could have 100 employees they've got to have a payroll they've got to have a pension set up a company might look massive but if it's one person they, don't, they might not need a payroll might not need a bad register mm-hmm. so again there are some slight quirks to this and this is one where there are some unusual things but mm-hmm. again businesses need payrolls as soon as they're employing people it doesn't matter what size they are yeah. It's, or, it's, it's the nature of the engagement between the person doing the work, yeah, and not think, the size of the business.
1: Yeah, and I think with sole trades and partnerships, I think everyone assumes incorrectly that it's just a case of, ah, well it's all very informal, so I don't need to go through all of those institutional yeah. steps. So I It's like, I don't need a payroll for myself So they use that argument against you in terms yeah. of like, well, I don't have to, so why do I have to do it for these yeah. people?
0: So why would I have to pay me mm-hmm. mate who comes up and helps us every day yeah. for 80 quid? Because uh, yeah. he's an employee.
1: <laughs> and then, guess what, your mate then suddenly is, is if it's his only job and he's trying to get a remortgage and they go, well, give you your payslips, and you go, uh, oh, no, well, no, we or, haven't.
0: Or you sack him when he sues you. Yeah. And now, now he thinks he was an employee. Because, <laughs> yeah, because people yeah. fall out. But so my,
1: you, I suppose the only thing I would say is, like, although you can, um, even though you, you, you can, as a sole trader or a partnership, have employees and, VA and, and register for that, etc., Purely from a limited liability point of view, I'd kind of start when you get to that point. Start to think about a limited company, just because, yeah. like you don't suddenly want to be just on the increases hook for, all
0: the risks, yeah. It?
1: You don't want to be on the hook for your vat, like your vat liability when the business all goes yeah.
0: Because to be fair, before we were talking about risk, we were talking about you know, you blowing someone's house up by doing gas, and you weren't meant to. Mm-hmm. It could just be that you start to lose money, and you've already got the loan, you've already got you know a big wage bill, and Yeah, you can lose money through not a stupid action. You can just, you know, the business can just cease to operate profitably. Yeah. So, yeah, you're protecting yourself from that as well. Mm -hmm. Because if if it was just a case of not fitting gas boilers, no one would ever have insurance. you just go, I'll just not do that. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, there's other things that can go wrong, isn't there?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's just a case of protecting yourself against all of that unnecessary stuff.
0: And my final point really was, you know, they all require some form of registration. So even though I said, sole trader, as soon as you start, you've started, mm-hmm. you still have to let the inland land revenue know. Partnership, yeah. you still have to let them know. You're just telling them, you're informing them rather than asking if you can. Mm-hmm. Whereas technically with a company, if you want to register a company, although 99.9% off formality, you're still asking them to form a company for you. And yeah. company's house can still reject. If they don't like the name you've used, for instance, mm-hmm. or you're trying to set up as you know Coca-Cola Newcastle, they wouldn't let that run. So that you know this. Or if
1: you're trying to set up with a disqualified director or something. Or like Or you're that.
0: trying to have someone who's not allowed in business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean.
1: And it it, it does take a little bit of time. You know, you said it doesn't take that long, but still, like, that's why a lot of people like will instantaneously want to start trading. So like, they may win a job and go like. We've had it before where they run a big contract and they're like, oh, I need to get an invoice out the door. And it's just like, and particularly when they're dealing with a limited company. Who's invoicing? The
0: company literally doesn't exist. Yeah,
1: Yeah, they have, like the person, their customer has a level of systems and controls. So like their purchasing department, like, well, okay, who are you? What's the entity called? need a purchase order for (laughs) this, like, yeah, Yeah, we don't exist. Is this VAT, you know, is there going to be VAT on this? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: So, so so actually, you know, the tip the tip there, then I would say then is, yes, yeah, you know, we, we, we get people who walk in and ask exactly those questions. I need mm-hmm. a company form tomorrow. And we're like, we've never met you. Yeah. Like, we know nothing about you. We don't know if a company's the right thing, the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And a good advisor would always want to know a little bit about what you're trying to do yeah. and why. So they can then actually give you some advice as to whether it's a good or bad. Definitely. Not a good idea. We're not rating the quality of the business <laughs> it's idea. Not so, it yeah, not. Not. <laughs> it's not density. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like... I'm sorry, out. sorry, I'm out. Yeah. It's not that, it's we wanna make sure you're doing the right steps mm-hmm. to help you get where you wanna be. Definitely. And um,
1: if you do get someone like us involved, there are additional steps that we have to go through, as you said, like we can yeah. if we don't know who you are, we're gonna to have to go and do our due diligence We've on You've got to team.
0: verify your identity and etc. Yeah. yeah. So, so although in theory you can set a company up in a day, reality on the ground is it'll take a bit longer because you've got to mm-hmm. go through those those hoops, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you think we haven't? I mean, well, there's, there's lots we haven't covered, but I'll keep it relatively basic. Do you think we've pretty much done we're it? John? Kind of I'm going to cover it
1: off pretty well, yeah.
0: Solid. Well, I'm going to mark my own homework on this and say I'm going to give us a solid nine and a half on that one.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I can verify that as well. Good. I'll mark right. your bits. And your as as bits. someone who can, yeah, you know, Although been you've involved in you've, audits in the past. You've dragged my name through the mud about fitting windows.
0: Those. Well, just don't, you know, it was the, the windows is were this, all right. It was, the gas, it was the gas boiler, Jack. <laughs> is it bo- a bad
1: time to announce that I'm setting up as a It as was the a gas boiler that did it for you. It
0: was the boiler, I'm telling you. Don't, yeah. you know, I don't know why you had to do that. Yeah, well, you
1: know, I thought, you know. I if so it was greed or stupidity, but, you
0: know.
1: It's this old plumbing, isn't it? This Lego. Sticks all together, don't
0: you? Pipes, pipes just stick pipes all together. It, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there we go then. Structures. Um, which one? What do you need to think about? We do have some help sheets on this on our on our community platform as well, which we can link to the platform um, in the classroom section on there. There's help sheets. Um, but also, if you're thinking about doing it, pop in. Tell us what you're thinking. We'll we'll let you know what we can do, what you need to do, and we'll you know we'll we'll help you. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Great thing I picked up from um, Danica, who was on quite a while back, talking about how your words should sell. A lot of people say, "Oh, a good accountant should save you money." I would argue a good accountant should help you make money. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and, and again, why would you not want someone involved who wants you to make as much money as possible?
1: You're right. There's a there's a finite amount of money that they can save you. But yeah. there's an infinite amount of money they can make yeah, for yeah, yeah. You
0: can only cut costs so far, can't you? Yeah, you exactly. only claim tax relief on the right things mm-hmm. once. But if you get someone who genuinely is interested in you making more money, even if you want to cynically believe it's just so you can pay our bills, um, you know, sure but, extortionate. But we still want you to make money, so yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And get, them, get, 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 get involved before you need to raise your invoice. That's always a good idea. Thank you very much, Jack. That was good. Pleasure, as always. As always. Um, we hope you've enjoyed that and we hope you've got something from it. And as always, hit us in the comments.